Hi, I'm Peggy Hames, and welcome to the Making Midlife Matter podcast, helping women in midlife untangle your past, create your future, and enjoy your life right now. I am an ordained minister, a licensed professional counselor, and I work with as a coach with women in midlife. And you can find out more about my work at heartcallings.com. You know, I love listening to podcasts, but one of my bugaboos is I want to tell some podcast hosts not every podcast can be epic or life-changing. You know, every week they say, this isn't going to be a life-changing podcast. It's like those old um, promotions for TV shows. You know, it was a, a very special Family Matters. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of that today. In that, in some ways, this is like the very special podcast episode. This is not the episode I'd originally planned to do this week. But it's the episode that, that seems to be up there. It's a, a topic that needs to be approached this week. Um, as I record this, we are finishing up the first full week in October. And uh, the news has been full of the um, hearings and, and confirmation hearings for Supreme Court Justice, which has brought with it a lot of discussion of sexual assault and sexual harassment. And over the last couple of weeks, I have been reading lots of posts from women on Facebook and on Twitter over and over saying, this happened to me and I didn't tell anybody. And these are women in their 40s and 50s and 60s and sometimes even their 70s who are saying, I never told a soul before but this happened to me. Now, one of the things when, when you hear coaches talk about their work is a, a lot of times they'll say, you know, unlike a therapist, a coach doesn't deal with the past. Well, I coach women in midlife, and I kind of disagree with that. You know, in coaching, we don't go back and delve into that past doing the emotional work, but paying attention to it is important. You know, uh, when I do an online group, I do this four-week online retreat for women in midlife, and one of the things we do is we go back and look at what your regrets are, because by listening to those regrets, we can identify your dreams for the future. It's also important to go back to the things that shaped us and formed our beliefs about who we are and who we are in this world because we can't move forward without addressing them. Sometimes those old beliefs are what holds us back and keeps us stuck. So that's what we're going to be talking about today are some of the old beliefs that come out of the experience of sexual assault and how they can impact us at midlife. Now, my intention with this podcast is not to be triggering with folks. Um, I think there has been enough in the news to, to, um, to make life difficult for lots of folks. 
That being said, I know sometimes when you're raw and things are stirred up, even the topic of sexual assault, even hearing those words, is enough to be triggering for you. So I will say that if you're someone who listened to podcasts in the car, and this is a part of your history, uh, you may want to give some thought as to whether or not that's a wise thing for you to do this week. You know, you can pick it back up next week, but uh, listen to this somewhere where you're not driving. Now, here's the other thing I want to say from the get-go, to be perfectly transparent, I am a survivor as well. I was sexually abused as a kid and and adolescent, Um, and I've actually written about that. I have a memoir, and I definitely wrote that not to be triggering. So um, I have information about it in the show notes. If that's something that you find inspiring of, of being able to kind of see another person's journey of healing, then that's there. So many years ago, I saw a letter in our local newspaper, and it was a case where uh, a man had been convicted of rape and had gotten a, a pretty light sentence. I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was fairly light. And this woman wrote in and said, you know, very courageously said, I, I was raped. And I carried that with me forever. But then she went on to say, I will never ever trust a man again. And my heart just broke for her because part of what we do with healing from sexual assault is part of the healing is allowing us to make choices again so that we can choose to trust. We can uh, choose what to make of our lives that we, that the experience we had forever changes us but it does not dominate us so I want to talk for a little bit about some of the ways in which it does impact us and especially what we carry with us into midlife So no matter how old we are when we experience this assault, whether you were eight years old or 58 years old, one of the things it affects is a sense of body empowerment. Now, what do I mean by that? It means that that sense of control over our own bodies. You know, that's a a part of the developmental phases of our lives. You know, if you've ever watched a baby, and this is so cool, it's like when they discover they have hands, and it's like, it's like they're on this big trip because they're like, oh wow, dude, look, I got these things, I can make them wave around, you know, and they are just utterly fascinated by them. And then a toddler learns to walk, and they learn they can go from one place to another, and they learn they can throw things. You know, they learn their, their body has these amazing superpowers. 
as we grow and develop at our healthiest and at our best, we develop body autonomy and that we have the power over how we use our body. You know, I can go outside and I can choose whether I walk or I run. Um, and it's healthiest. We choose whether or not we want to hug someone or shake a hand or do neither. Now, injury or, or disability may affect some of those choices, but we still have choices within that given set of limitations. Um, this is how I will move my body. This is how I will use my body. Um, there's a great song, um, and its author escapes me at the moment. Hopefully I have to remember it and put it in the show notes. But it's called My Body. And it's, it's basically my body is nobody's body but mine. You have your own body, let me have mine. And it's, you know, I can decide to spit, drink, or chew, I think it goes. Um, I'm command of, of what I do. So that's a basic developmental piece for us. And sexual assault changes that on the most intimate level. It's a profoundly disempowering event because what we learn in it is we no longer have control over our own bodies. Someone else has that control. And this is even more so um, if you were raped or if you were molested and in that event your body felt some pleasure which happens sometimes because that's the way bodies are made. Um, they can be incredibly shaming and it can feel as if our bodies are betraying us. So we lose that sense of power and control. Which is to say we lose a fundamental part of our power in this world. This is important um, at midlife, and I'm going to come back to this, but our connections to our bodies become even more important in midlife. And in fact, one of the ways in which some of us survive abuse or survive rape is by disconnecting from our bodies and we may not connect back. And that has its own sense of implications. Another impact of sexual assault is losing our voices. We're often silenced during the assault, but not only during, but also after. And that's what we've seen in these weeks, is the number of women who are coming forward to say, this happened to me and I never said anything about it. Uh, we, we don't tell for any host of reasons. Uh, we may fear, and rightfully so, fear being abused all the more. 
uh, being not believed. And shame is a really big part of this, especially if you were raised in evangelical circles that placed a, a big emphasis on purity. I've heard woman after woman talk about that deep sense of spiritual shame that they had pledged to keep themselves pure for their husbands. And even though they had no choice about the matter, they still feel as if they are dirty. They are no longer pure. Uh, in, in evangelical circles, there's just also a lot of shame around sex. You know, the, the old joke is, is that we tell our kids, um, especially girls, maybe primarily girls, that sex is awful and dirty and shameful and nasty, so you should, so you should save it for the one you love. Like, that makes a lot of sense. So when we experience this violation that is very sexual, it taps into all of that shame and all of that shame silences us. Now when I began my healing, when I began working with my own history, um, through a series of events, I got um, hooked up with uh, a workshop that was specifically for adult survivors of child abuse. And I, I went, I mean, there was a life-changing workshop. But one of the, the things that was life-changing for me was I was able to tell my story and use my voice in this room full of women and to be heard and to be believed. And that was so radical and so powerful. So there is, when we experience sexual assault, we lose connections to our power and we lose connections to the power of our voices. So one of the things I want you to consider uh, one of the questions for you, for your reflection, is in your earlier years or in the years leading up to this point or even with where you are now, have you felt like you couldn't speak up for what you wanted, for what you thought, or even for what you dreamed? You know, it's interesting that part of the journey of midlife is reclaiming our voices. Now sometimes those voices get silenced um, and not even connected to assault. You know, maybe they, they just get silenced because we are women walking in this world that often does not value the contributions of women. And I have certainly been in work context where my voice wasn't heard and a, a guy who later repeated the same point with the same idea was greeted like the wisest guy on the planet 
Um, so in midlife, we have the opportunity to reclaim those voices because it doesn't matter who thinks what about what we say. The, the funny thing is, is that sometimes it just gets blamed on menopause and that's okay, use what you got. Um, I may have shared this quote before because it's one of my favorites. It's a woman, a menopausal woman who said, my family thinks I've done gone crazy. The reality is, I'm just saying what I've always thought all of these years. So many women talk about in midlife experiencing the freedom that you, know, you just you don't care as much anymore about ruffling feathers or, or how people will see you. So you are free to say what you need to say. And that can be a very healing thing when your voice has been silenced. And sometimes you may have to begin experiencing that by saying, look, this happened to me. And sometimes that is way too scary and that's okay if it is. You can start with smaller things like, I have never liked this sofa. I'm getting rid of it. Or I've never liked the, wearing these kinds of clothes. I'm, I'm getting what I like. Or I've never liked doing this job. Or I used to like doing this job. It used to be wonderful, but now not so much. Now I need something different. So part of the gift and the healing of midlife can be reclaiming our voices. I talked about the becoming disconnected from our bodies and from the power of our bodies. At midlife, caring for our bodies and being in them and letting them do the activity they need to do becomes even more important. Um, I used to meet a trainer at the gym like at 6 or 6.30 in the morning and I, I told him one day, I was like, you know, at this time of the morning, there are two different groups of people in the gym. One group are the young guys, you know, and they are trying to get big and buff. And they walk around like with their big jugs full of water and they're, you know, flexing and doing the big weights. So then there are the old folks like me who are just trying to maintain. midlife really caring for our bodies is critically important it is a significant factor in influencing I pause because it's not like a simple one plus one equals two equation there's so many factors but it increases our odds for having a healthy and active old age if we are active now. Now, part of the work I do is I work part-time as a chaplain in a hospital. And it's always very striking to me to see, by the, by the time we get to midlife, 
It's a wide range in, in patients. And I walk in some patient rooms and they look 10 years younger. And I walk in some patient rooms and they look 20 years older. It, by the time we reach midlife, if we are not doing things like walking or some kind of, of cardio exercise or some kind of strength training, then we will get increasingly feeble. And I, I think this is really so important that uh, I'm, I will later devo um, devote a whole podcast episode to it. But all of that is to say is that as we reconnect with our bodies, as we honor them by giving them the exercise that they need, it helps us reconnect with our power. It is incredibly empowering to do something physical that you thought you couldn't do. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was in a biking accident and uh, was off my feet for a while. And out of that, I decided I was going to run a 5K. I'd always wanted to be a runner and didn't know how to do it, so I just wound up injured, and then I decided I, I just was not a runner. And so I gave up on that dream. But when I couldn't walk, I thought, you know, 5Ks, they look like so much fun, I want to do just one. So after I healed, I got into a training program that taught me how to do it, and I ran my first 5K. And I will never forget how strong I felt, not just in body, but in spirit, when I finished that race. And I sat on my patio that afternoon and I thought, I have just run a 5K, I can do anything. Now that may sound foolish to you if you are running marathons, but for me, it was extraordinary. So, reconnecting with our bodies and with our physical power can be a way to access our emotional and spiritual and intellectual power as well. Um, where I live, a new um, boxing gym, boxing club is opening up, and it's not like we don't hit each other, but it's hitting a heavy bag. And uh, they did a demonstration class last weekend, and so I went, and it was, it was so much fun. I cannot wait until they open. But I was talking with the owner, and he said, you know, it's interesting. Most of our new members are women. Well, I didn't find that surprising at all. Um, I had a friend who used to be in a boxing club, the same kind of setup in another part of the country, and she said, you know, it just helped me get connected with what I was capable of doing. So the experience of sexual assault disconnects us from our power, our physical power, the power of our voices. It can also leave us feeling damaged and less than. 
Now, there's a big difference between having been victimized and living life in a victim role. That letter writer who said, I, I, I can never trust a man again, was living out of a victim role. A big difference. The thing is, we survived. Um, and we have a choice. Now, we may need to do some healing. And what that looks like is, is different for everyone. And the, the good news is, is that we have so many more resources for healing with, from trauma than we used to have. Um, and I'm going to put some resources in the um, show notes. We have been wounded, but we're not damaged in the sense of being broken beyond repair. You know, I, I like to say that, that being a survivor is part of who I am. It is part of my story, but you know what? It is not the whole story. And part of the invitation of midlife is to flesh out that story more. It's really delightful to see women either recapturing old parts of themselves that have been neglected or discovering new parts of themselves. If this is a part of your story and you have never done any healing and you feel like you are just damaged beyond repair, that is part of the lie of your attacker or your abuser because it's not true. The family therapist Virginia Satir told a story of uh, being a therapist after World War II and she began seeing people who had lived through Hitler's concentration camps. And of course their stories were just so overwhelming and, and the trauma was just so incredible and she didn't know what to do with them. She, she didn't know how to help them. And she thought about it and she meditated about it and she prayed about it. God, what, how do I help these people? And she finally realized she was missing the most important point, which was they survived. They were there in her office. Not only did they not die in the camps, but they survived with enough strength to reach out for help. And her role was simply to help them reconnect with that, that strong part of themselves that had enabled them to do that. So assault changes the course of our lives. My life is different in ways I can't even imagine. What I have chosen to do is in the course of my own healing is to transform that very bad experience into something good for someone else. 
and I mentioned the, the safe harbors workshops, I eventually went on and, and did the training and became a staff member and I, I helped facilitate in those workshops for 10 years and continue to work uh, staffing a similar workshop. It's a more general grief workshop. We have a choice as to what we do with the rest of our lives. We had no control over that moment or those moments. We do have choices and control now. Now, one of the traps in midlife is beating ourselves up for not having done something differently or not having done it sooner. And if you're one of these people who's never spoken about your assault even to yourself, or you have never reached out for healing and now you're sitting there beating yourself up, it's like, I should have triumphed by now. No, don't do that. Just stop it, stop it, stop it. Don't do that to yourself. Or if you're looking and say, oh, so-and-so has healed so much better than I have. No, 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 this is not a comparison game. You have done the best you could in any given moment and you survived what happened to you. And now you're coming into a place in your life of having other choices. So please, you know, we, we get enough in our lives that, that beats us up and tells us we're not good enough. Don't do that to yourself. So, another question for you to reflect upon is what beliefs did you form about yourself after your assault? How did it change? How did the assault or the abuse change how you saw yourself? And does that still ring true? Are there aspects of that self-perception that no longer serve you or that you want to change? We always have the possibility, first of all, of healing, and we always have the possibility of change, if nothing else, changing how we think about things. It is, our, our minds are incredibly powerful and incredibly plastic. We used to believe that, that our brains were set and fixed and now we have learned that we can change them. We can change the connections. We can change the beliefs about who and what we are. So again, if you're in a place where you feel like you need to finally get around to, or not finally, if you feel like it's time to get around to addressing these things, 
I'll have some resources in the show notes. There are some places to start. Um, I know sometimes money can be an issue. And I know there are some organizations that will help you find um, low-cost alternatives. Um, For example, in Colorado, there's an organization that helps people find groups that are safe places for, for healing from sexual abuse. If you are in midlife and you are ready to make some of these transitions and some of these changes and you're ready to accept some of these invitations that come along and you're ready to to untangle that past and you're ready to create a new future for yourself, I have a couple of different opportunities for you. Uh, starting October 14th, I'm going to be running another online virtual retreat of um, birthing a new chapter. I drew a blank for a minute. It's a four-week group, online group, and in every week there's a different topic that we look at, and the way it works is I... Uh, I have a video, a Facebook Live, we have a Facebook group, and we talk about the topic, and I'll give you some some questions and some guidelines for your own reflection. And I'll also have a, a daily devotional every day in the group. So that will run for four weeks. Or if you just want to do some individual coaching around these issues, um, please go to heartcallings.com and you can arrange a a free call with me and we can talk about what you need and whether or not it's something that I can offer for you. Again, it's heartcallings.com. In the meantime, please be good to yourself. Please be gentle to yourself. Life is hard enough without us making it harder for ourselves. I will be back next week with another episode of the podcast. In the meantime, please feel free to let me know uh, your thoughts on this podcast. My email address will be in the show notes. Take care.